we're in the middle of a series called Joyful Prayer. Um, man, I don't, I, this thing, it grows on the inside of me, and then I, I study for it, and like I wrote out some notes, uh, like two pages of notes on Saturday, and then I got to like a fourth of those tonight. So we may be still talking about Joyful Prayer when Jesus comes back, but that's all right. Let's go to Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, if you've got your Bible, turn to First Thessalonians, which is in the New Testament. Should we do our books of the Bible? <laughs> you, we should. <laughs> so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and the Romans. <laughs> so we don't run out of time. Let's go. Let's go on. First Thessalonians 5.12. Be happy in your faith. And can y'all forgive me? I missed the Amplified. Is that okay? So I missed you using the Amplified Classic. And so I've jumped back to that a little bit. And it'll read a little bit different than yours. But I, I'm, I'm going to use the Amplified. So be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually and always. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. Thank God in everything. <laughs> I don't preach. No matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. Anybody, who wants to know the will of God? <laughs> yeah, this is it. <laughs> be thankful in everything, in every circumstances. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and the mediator of that will. Let me read it to you in the passion. By the way, you need to get a passion. All right? I looked it up today, and they've got two imitation leather ones on Amazon. One's kind of girly. One's a little more guy looking, and they're just 20 bucks. Now, there's more. There's ones that are more than that, but they're cheap, $19.99. There's ones that are more, but you can find them easily. 1 Thessalonians 5.12 in the Amplified. Let joy, I love this, be your continual feast. How many of you like eating? Does anybody in here eat every day? <laughs> yeah, does anybody eat every other day maybe? So yeah, I like peanut butter. Now here's the deal about peanut butter. I go through about a jar of peanut butter every week and a half. Don't judge. <laughs> but peanut butter is my continual feast. I like peanut butter. This says, let joy be your continual feast. I love that. That make your life a prayer. This is worth $19.99 for the passion right there. You see what it says? A lot of people say, make your, make your life, uh, what is it? Make your life be in prayer. That's not what it says. Make your life be a prayer life. That's not what it says. Do you see what it says in the passion? It says, make your life a prayer that your whole life is a prayer. I'm gonna explain that in a second. Oh, I love the, uh, not the message, the, the passion. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Number one, and we're only gonna get to number one tonight. That's it. <laughs> to rejoice always. To rejoice always. That's as deep as I'm gonna go tonight. Rejoice always. That rejoice always fixes my thought process on the goodness of God. Have you ever had thoughts in your mind that were tormenting? You don't have to lift your hand or anything, but have you ever had thoughts of it in your mind that were fearful? Have you ever had thoughts in your mind that were discouraging? Here's the antidote, that rejoice always. And when you do that, it rejoicing fixes my thoughts on my thought process on the goodness of God. There's so much, as Michelle said, there's so much going wrong in the world right now. 
I don't need to fix my thoughts on those because I'm just going to get, but if I may, if I rejoice always, my thought processes are fixed on God. That rejoicing is 100% what, uh, rejoicing is 100% of what my focus is. That doesn't mean that you enjoy everything you're going through. That doesn't mean everything has perfectly fit into a plan. But when I rejoice always, my focus is set on the goodness of God. And here's the cool part. I get to choose my focus. I get to choose it. Nobody, nobody chooses it for me. Nobody chooses my focus. I, I get to choose my focus. Now I'm going to help you out right here. Listen to this. The enemy and people around me would love to choose my focus. Have you ever had that where people around you, <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble here. I've had it where I'm just on people's Instagram and they've chosen my focus. <laughs> I want to kill them. <laughs> I want to choke them. <laughs> But have you ever had that where other people and the enemy are trying to choose your focus? They're trying to choose what you think. They're trying to choose where your joy is. They're trying to choose where your happiness is. Now this was worth the price of admission tonight. Watch this. This was worth the price of admission. As, as, uh, as Keith Moore says, this is worth you combing your hair and coming to church. Others trying to choose your focus are usually miserable in their own. I can sit down, we can say the benediction and go and have some fruit snacks back there because I have preached. Do you realize, knowingly or unknowingly, that let's take people that are straight in front of us. People that are trying to choose our focus and choose a, a, a life of fear usually, usually are living in their own fear. Let me take it another step. Have you ever gone through somebody's uh, Instagram or their TikTok or their whatever, and, they, and everything is wonderful with them? <laughs> everything is top-notch. And on top of that, they, <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble. They usually have made it known how much better they are than everybody else. <laughs> they're more compassionate. They're more well-rounded. They're more inclusive. I mean, just the list goes on and everybody else that does, but usually those people that are trying to make everybody else feel inferior to them do not feel superior about themselves. They're usually miserable with themselves. And all of this is a game. <laughs> it's a game that they don't even believe. Trying to make themselves appear to be something that they're not. To be at a place that they really aren't to look down at people, and certainly with things going on in our world that are just so paramount, that they will try to pay the moral high ground. Okay, this is not even in my notes. They will try to have the moral high ground. And everybody else that doesn't stand on that same high ground. Now mind you, these people wouldn't give a lick about the person taking their order at Chick-fil-A, but <laughs> they're ready to tell you how to treat everybody else. <laughs> I posted something this week about the wait staff and so forth. And I'm telling you, one of the people that, <laughs> that I thought would, um, she, she, I shouldn't say she, <laughs> this person, <laughs> you already know it's a female, this person liked it. I'm like, really? 
<laughs> because I bet you are a handful when you're at a restaurant. <laughs> I'm sure that I would like to slap you when I see you at a restaurant. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> but that'll help you. Usually we're being dictated how to feel about life from people that don't even know how to run their own. And our emotions are tied up in people whose emotions are whacked themselves. <laughs> but what's the antidote? Rejoice always. Don't, let that, don't that, let that stick to you. Rejoice always. Rejoice over them. Lord, help them. <laughs> Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 in the Amplified. Ephesians chapter 6. Remember, we're only getting to point one. Rejoice always. Pray at all times. On every occasion and every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. Now, let me stop real quick, and it says pray in the Spirit, because that does mean to pray in, uh, in the Spirit, meaning in tongues. But maybe somebody's not, not familiar with that, or that's, not, that's foreign. That's okay. I don't, I don't think it's solely for that. I think to pray in the Spirit is what I'm going to explain tonight, that we have an in-tune to God's Spirit. And having an in tune to his spirit, if we, even if we're praying in a known tongue, and I'm not trying to muddy the water, I'm just saying that we, we say, well, we don't speak in tongues, you're not, no, 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 no. That we can't, we, you can't, we can't do that to people. We have to be at a place where we say that praying in the spirit, whether, whether speaking in unknown tongues or praying in, in, in English, that praying in the spirit is that in tune heart with God. So pray, uh, Pray in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong pur purpose and perseverance in interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. So what is the purpose of praying in the spirit? Let me, let me say that another way just for clarity. What is the purpose of praying with your heart in tune to where God is? Now, before I go anywhere, that's... That's not hard. Don't let anybody tell you, well, if you're ever going to really hear from God, you've got to get to a place where you are holy. No, 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 no. Let me, let me help you with something. If you're born again, you've heard from God because you had to respond to the heart of God. So if you've invited Jesus into your life, you've heard from God. That's it. It doesn't get more simple than that. So when our heart is in tune to listening, that that's the purpose of praying in the Spirit. It's your next feeling. So what if God, what if God wants to speak through my thought process? That's the importance of rejoicing always. Because I'm jumping ahead, but because when I, when I rejoice always, it gives God an invitation to speak through my thought process. Now, I have never heard the Lord audibly. I have never heard a booming voice. Some people have, I have not. So 100% of the time, for Jonathan right here, 100% of the time, he speaks through my thought process. He speaks through my inner heart. He speaks, <clears throat> the Bible calls it a still, small voice. That's how 100% of the time that has, that's how he's spoken to me. What if God wants to use my heart to speak his purposes. And I think we've discounted that. We've discounted that God wants to speak to us. He wants to speak through our hearts. 
that that joyful prayer comes when we rejoice always. And I said this last week that the word of God says we enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That entrance before him comes through that heart that is in tune with the heart of gratitude. That when my heart is joyful, what we talked about the last two weeks, the door is open to him. That that's the invitation. That's the hinge. That's the doorknob. That when my heart is grateful to him, when my heart is in praise, that's when that door starts swinging open to him. And as I'm grateful, that that heart starts opening up to what all that he has for me. When my heart is joyful in prayer, I can hear his voice. Now, there's a principle that I'm about to show you, because how many, you don't need to respond, but how many of you want to hear God's voice? Well, if you want to hear God's voice, it comes through a heart that is into him, in tune to him through gratitude, through thanksgiving. Have you ever, before I this next fill in, have you ever had a time in your life where you were praying and and you just felt like my prayer is not reaching the ceiling. My prayer is not getting anywhere. My prayer, I'm discouraged in prayer. Well, let me tell you what it is. When my heart is discouraged in prayer, I've been complaining, not praying. I like what this, this is a statement that Bill Johnson says. When, if I, <laughs> if I've been, if I come out of prayer and I'm not different, if I'm not, if I'm not encouraged, I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> it's kind of like getting in a shower and not turning on the water and then wondering, getting out and saying, I still stink. You got to turn on the water. <laughs> if we don't come into prayer rejoicing, then we'll come out of prayer discouraged. I also like what Pastor Robert Morris says. He said, he said, the Lord spoke to him in his heart. He said, son, I've not put prayer on you to be a burden. I put prayer on you to lift your burdens, to lift heaviness, to lift the weight of the world. And the whole thing is, if, if, you're, if you're getting in the shower and you come out still stinking, you haven't done that right. You gotta turn on the water. <laughs> and that water comes through, through, through worship, through prayer, through praise, through thanksgiving. In Ephesians 6, 17, now in the, in the, in the Passion, it says, embrace the power of salvations Full deliverance, I like this, like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. Isn't that wonderful? That when we embrace that rejoicing always, that we rejoice always, that it protects my, my, my thoughts like a helmet from lies and taking the mighty razor sharp, I love this, the razor sharp, sharp spirit word of the spoken word of God. The next verse says, pray passionately in the spirit as you can constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. I like this in, in the Amplified. I'm jumping around. But the Amplified says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph and songs of joy for the Lord. Can I stop right there and clap your hands? Now, have, have y'all ever been playing a game? And sunshine, this might have happened to you when you play football and and you uh, one somebody on the team makes a touchdown or you make a touchdown. What's the normal response? To clap. Now, when I, we used to do uh, 
group fitness, this thing called um, body attack, I would psych myself up because it's a room full of people, usually women and I'm the only guy or sometimes it's just me and Taylor. There was one time that was, was, a Mason was in there. I think you came Ryan one time, but it was no deal, big deal to Ryan because he's done all that dancing. So he's just scooting along with everybody else. So this thing, you're like soaking wet at the end of an hour because you've just been moving and moving. But what I would do when I would psych myself out at the next, because there's, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, positions, different songs, I would start clapping on the next one. And if I was getting a little bit down, I'd start clapping in the middle of it. And so, and then I'd start hollering at people. I still did this when I was doing F45. I'd, I'd say, uh, you know, whatever it was, I'd say, come on, monkey man, we got this. Let's go. And so I would do that with people that I knew in the class or whatever. And even some you know, new people that would be starting the class, I would find out their name and Hopefully I didn't scare them, but I'd start hollering at them. And so inevitably, after a lot of the classes, people would come up and say, oh, thank you so much for encouraging me. I was like, no, I was encouraging me. <laughs> I just happened to be calling your name. That I was, getting, I was getting a little bit, you know, worn out. And so I would start clapping to psych myself up. I'd start clapping and hollering, let's go. We got this. Let's go. To psych myself out. And I remember one time I walked in. Um, to a class right at the beginning. And a friend of mine, Jamie Johnson, was, was leading the class. And, and I, it was always, a, wasn't it, Monkey? It was, a, it was a bunch of women and just a handful of us guys in there. And so these women are all in there and they're stretching and all that other stuff. And I walked in and Jamie Johnson said, your encouragement just walked in the door, class. And I, I thought that was awesome because I was going to start hollering at people. I knew it was through the whole thing. I mean, this thing was intense. We, we would, <laughs> we were, it was at Gold's Gym. Why am I talking about this? It was at Gold's Gym. And one time Taylor and I were doing a class and his mom actually came to Gold's Gym. And she's like, I'm just going to do the weights and stuff. <laughs> so she did the weights. Taylor and I went and did the class and we got out of the class and we went and found her wherever she was in the gym. And she goes, where have y'all been? <laughs> Because we are, I mean, it looks like you just stepped into a shower. I mean, you're just sweating everywhere. But the point is that even though you might be discouraged, even though you might be thinking, I'm, I'm, losing, I'm losing some of my power here. I'm, I'm getting a little bit, a little bit weary. The response is, clap your hands. Shout unto God. Let's keep going. It says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph and song of joy. For the Lord most high excites terror and, and awe and dread. He is the great king over all the earth. Now it's one thing for me to clap at body attack. It's a whole nother thing for me to clap and celebrate the one who incites terror, awe and dread. And because he's the king over all the earth. Y'all ready for this in the, in the yeah, I don't think y'all are ready for this in the, in the passion. You're not ready for this. Let's just shut it down. Let's shut, are you ready for this in the passion? Watch, watch right here. This, this, is, this is worth, worth the, price, the price of admission. Same verse, passion. Go ahead and celebrate. Come on and clap your hands, everyone. Shout to God with a raucous shouts of joy. You know what raucous means? Loud and obnoxious. I didn't know I was being raucous in those classes <laughs> with a raucous. You know, what, you know what raucous people know? Raucous people know they're winning. 
Raucous people are celebrating that they know that they're winning. You ready? Are y'all ready? Y'all are ready for this. Listen to this. Next verse. The Lord God most high is astonishing, awesome beyond words. That he is a, like this, he is the formidable. You know what formidable means? Formidable means that you strike fear and awe in your enemies. Do you know, do you know what the U.S. military, I can say Bradley's in the room. Do you know what's true about the U.S. military? They are formidable. There's no other fighting force on this planet. There has been no other army on this planet that is like our U.S. military. They are formidable. Now, don't, don't, now this, all this stuff that you've been seeing in the news that's going on with Afghanistan, that, that's not them. That's people that wear suits that don't wear fatigue. That's people that wear suits that make decisions. Not the ones that put on boots and fatigues. Not them. Because the ones that put on boots and fatigues, they're formidable. If you don't believe that, you need to see some of the stories of these people that were reaching over razor ribbon over a wall and pulling up Afghani children, pulling up infants, pulling up women, pulling people out of terror. That's a formidable army. I've never been more proud. One of the young ladies that lost her life this last week, a day or two before she was involved in that, that, that when the suicide bomber hit the end of that edge of that, uh, edge of that airstrip, that air, airport, she was holding an Afghani baby. And she posted it on social media. She was just an infant. And, she, and, the, and the caption was, I love my job. And then two days later, she was killed by that suicide bomber. That's formidable. That's somebody that strikes fear and awe in our enemies. There's no, there, listen, there is no other, there is no other country on the face of this earth. There is no other country ever existed on the face of this earth like the, like the formidability of the United States military. I was so proud today. This has nothing to do with my message. I was sitting in my room. It was during my lunch or something. And uh, they had Marines in the cafeteria. If anybody was at BHS today, they had Marines in the cafeteria that were doing the pull-up challenge. And so they, they encourage kids, see how many pull-ups you can do. Um, I could go in there. I, I, wanna, I could just hang on it <laughs> and swing my legs. <laughs> So at my door, I had no clue that they were going to be there. I had my door, walked in. Hey, Mr. Moore, there was two of two guys that used to, that graduated, that were in my class, that were two of the Marines out there doing the pull-up challenge. They're both enlisted. They're both ending up in um, San Diego by the end of the year. One this next month, one in December. What's Pendleton? What's in San Diego? Pendleton. So proud of them. This guy is 18, 19 years old, serving the country. I grabbed both of them, bear hugged them both. Formidable. Strike fear and awe. Now let me translate it. That's who your God is. He strikes fear and awe in all of his enemies. And powerful king. He is a powerful king over all the earth. That's why we rejoice always. That's why we enter the gates with thanksgiving. We come before a king who is undefeated. 
We come before a king who has never backed down. We come before a king who will never lose. We come before a king who, when this all is said and done, he will be standing as king of kings and lord of lords. That my joyful prayer incites hope. That when I pray, that when I rejoice always, that my prayer, my joyful prayer incites hope. You guys have, uh, let me give you a definition of a hope. Hope is the joyful anticipation of something good. We were, we were designed to live in hope all the time. Yeah, you, you and I, we were designed to live in hope all the time. That joyful anticipation of something good. You guys have heard me say this a million times from, from uh, Bill Johnson. Michelle gave me a plaque that's on my office that says, any area for, which of my, for, for my life for which I have no hope is under the influence of a lie. That any area that I don't have joyful anticipation, I can say without a doubt is under the influence of a lie that I was designed. So this is, not, this is not wishing and wanting and hopeful, rejoice always. No, 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 darling. This is, this, is, this is what do you call birthed out of, birthed out of hope, joyful anticipation that something good is happening. Joyful prayer is the opportunity to celebrate with hope before the outcome happens. Did you know that you were designed to do that? You don't need to raise your hand, but how many of you, you know exactly what God's going to do in your life tomorrow and next week and a month from now and five years from now and 10, 20, you already know that. I don't. <laughs> probably and probably the majority of us don't know what God is going to do in our life, but that doesn't mean that we weren't designed to live with hope. Joyful anticipation. So the Lord gave me a visual because how many of you want to be part of what God's doing? So the Lord gave me this, Lord gave me this uh, visual and like this is, this is a, a table in the throne room of God and God has got his plan unrolled. Now the word says that he is, he is mindful of us. The word says that he, uh, he rejoices over us with singing, but he's got his plan. It is detailed and, and to the T. The word of God says that he has our hairs numbered. That ain't hard for him, for me. <laughs> he looks, just looks at me and says, yep, three. <laughs> but that's not because he's into hair, but because he is so into the details of our life. And so I envision God at this table in the throne room that has his plan scrolled out and he's looking over his plan and he's speaking over his plan. He's rejoicing over us. And then your joyful prayer comes in. And watch this, watch this. You join him at the table. That my joyful prayer my rejoicing always joins him. And I may not be able to visually see what he's doing. And I may not be able to see the details of what God's working out. And he may reveal those to me, but he may not. But I know that this, that when I get before him, when I rejoice before him, when I rejoice always, that puts me in the same place that he is as he looks over the details of my life. That's where the hope comes from. 
that I can be standing with him at the table of his planning and not have to know all the details, but still gain the, and next week I'm going to talk about this, gain, I can still gain the atmosphere of his heart. Is this not crazy? He, he's planning right now. He, 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 put in his, he put in his word that all things work together for my good. And as he is, as he's planning, looking over the details of what involves me, he invites me to the table. And as he invites me to the table, I may not be able to see them, but I can sense where his heart is. What, what door does it come through? Is it all right if I don't finish all the fill-ins tonight? We can finish next week. You know where it comes through? Rejoicing always. Because I can stand at this table and not have to know. You know what our problem is? We think we gotta know everything. We think we have to have every detail. It, ho hopefully this helps somebody. I know it helps me. And when the details don't go our way, when the details don't plan out the way that we thought they were, that we allow discouragement and fear and uncertainty to crowd our heart. And we lose sight. We lose sight of a living God. We lose sight of an eternal God. We, we lose sight of a formidable Father who strikes fear and awe. Do you know, what, do you know what's written all over this? The, what's written all over this is everything for you is good. And you know what also is written on, on this? Every plan of the enemy, he destroys. That's what it says. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will be found in the wrong. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So do you know what rejoicing always does? Rejoicing always puts me in where he is. You ever heard that song, I just want to be where you are? I just want to be near your heart? Too many people think that being near God means that you have to revolutionize and absolutely clean your life to spick and span to spotlessness before God will have anything to do with you. And that has nothing to do with it. Though it has to do with being near God's heart is knowing that you rejoice always. Jonathan, you don't know what the life I've lived. You don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know what I've chosen. No, no, no. Listen, listen. The key, the key. I hope I've proven it to now. The key, the key to his heart. The door to his presence is gratitude and praise. So you just thought, and I'm going to close with this. You just thought, you just thought you were just singing songs. You just thought you were spending time before him in, in, in praise. You just thought you were saying, thank you, God, for all that you're doing in my life. You just thought you're saying, God, thank you that you're keeping me. You just thought, God, thank you that you're God and that you, and you have every detail. You just thought that's what you're doing. That is what you're doing. But he's drawing you near. We're going to talk next week about more drawing near. I believe 
that where we are right now, just as the church, the church, I believe, I believe Jesus is coming soon. It, if it's a hundred years from now, it's soon. I believe he's coming soon. It may not be in my lifetime, but I believe it's soon. And I believe that God is placing his church in a place where we are unaffected by 24-hour news cycles. That we get to a place where our hearts respond to rejoicing always, to be gratitude to him in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of pain, that we rejoice. And as we rejoice, next week we're gonna talk about it. We capture his heart. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that your goodness is on us tonight. I believe right now you're speaking to each one of us. So we set our faith right now, God. We set our faith to hear from you that our hearts are in tune to you, that we know where you are, that we know that we're welcome before you. And Lord, I speak over every lying spirit that says you've done too much, you've sinned too much, you've rebelled too much, you've been away too long, you've been away too far. I speak to every one of those lying thoughts and I break the power of them. I break the power of them over you in Jesus' name. You have been brought near by the blood. In Jesus' name, amen.